Um, today we have a special guest speaker, a uh, friend of mine, Pastor Macklin Basse, and I'll just give you a little bit of a history of Macklin. Macklin and I went to the same church in St. Louis. He had been a refugee from the country of Togo in West Africa and had settled in St. Louis and was my pastor for a while there, and we got to be fast friends, and since then, since getting to know him, I've been to West Africa now five times. Uh, you all helped raise some funds for me to go this past August and be part of a missions conference that, that he hosted there. Macklem returned to Togo and West Africa how many years ago? Seven years ago. My goodness. I still remember packing up your house when you were moving back. Um, he returned with his wife and children seven years ago to Togo. You can see where it is on the map there. And their goal was to start a missionary training organization. So people from all over West Africa would come and spend time uh, with Macklin and would be trained in what is the Bible, how do you do missions, what does it mean to share the gospel, and then they would go back to their context after 18 months of training. What they're also doing is starting a church plant, uh, a Mana Presbyterian church outside of Togo, in, uh, in, or outside of Lome in Togo. And so Macklin is a busy man. And it's amazing. Every time I go, the ministry seems like it's doubled. It just keeps doubling. When I first went with him in 2009, he hadn't yet returned. And we were looking at one building uh, to, for them to sort of settle in and do their ministry. And now I went back last August, and they have three different properties that they're doing ministry out of. So it's just amazing how God has grown their ministry. So I'm going to ask Macklin to come up, and I'm just going to pray for him. And then, uh, and then he's going to bring you the word from John 17. He's going to share a little bit of a shorter sermon today so that I can talk a little bit about our move over to Van Buren Street. So it's always dangerous when you get two preachers are going to share, but we promise you'll be out on time. So come here, come here, brother. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you so much for my brother, my mentor, my dear friend uh, who loves you and has given his life away for the gospel. We ask that you would be with him this morning as he preaches and that you would um, open up our hearts, that we might be changed by understanding more about your mission, God, and how you've called us into it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John and uh, friend. It is always good to be back uh, in, in Florida. <laughs> Uh, it feels like home, you know, the weather. You know, it's not like this in St. Louis. It's very cold. And uh, I love this because it makes me miss uh, home. Uh, good to see you again uh, this year. Uh, thank you for your partnership. Thank you for uh, working with us, uh, even from a distance. Uh, thank you for sending John homeless. Uh, last year, to be part of uh, our Amana conference. He was uh, a blessing uh, to us, and uh, the church is asking me to request again uh, to send him back uh, probably next year uh, for the same uh, conference. So I want to maybe connect with Martin Luther King uh, a week or month uh, with the text that I I'm suggesting for your uh, intention. Let us read from John uh, chapter 17, verse 14 to 21. I have uh, 
20 minutes, right? Good. Good. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for leading us in your kingdom. Uh, lead us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. John 17, verse 14 to 21. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. I sanctify myself for them, so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I pray not only for this, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Amen. Last week I was really struggling uh, uh, to, to bring the word of God uh, on Dr. Martin Luther King Day. And uh, not because I didn't want to preach about it, but because of the weight and the symbolism of this uh, man. <laughs> Who am I to say anything about this man vision? Or battle? Or even his life? I am too small uh, to comment or look at your history, uh, your culture, your politics, your social justice, slavery, Black Lives Matter, the divisions in your society. I'm too small. But you know what? I can still dream. I can dream because in my African context, God often uses uh, dreams to speak to us, to reveal himself to us. And to be prophetic about his vision, his will in our daily lives. But before looking to the text that uh, I just read, I, I bring you the warm greetings of my wife, Rose, my kids, the body of Christ in Togo. The ministry is growing well by the grace of God. The church plant is exciting. The school is flourishing. The training of indigenous missionaries is also blessed. Amana Conference, uh, radio broadcasting, the care of the orphans and widows ministry, Sister Teresa Orphanage, are blessing so many lives uh, in my home country and even beyond uh, Togo. As John said, we are using three buildings for our ministries. It's not really about the building, but God is using it. Uh, to bring the kingdom, to bring his love, to bring justice in people's life. Please keep praying for Togo, uh, the place to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, Togo has been in the news uh, a lot this past month, and things are still not settled. Uh, why are we in crisis in Togo? 
the right answer I can think of is because of the effect of sin, injustice, and oppression, tribalism in our cities and town. Because of that, God cannot be silent. Because of that, the Holy Spirit cannot be quiet. Jesus cannot be indifferent. The church cannot be out of the equation. Martin Luther King couldn't be silent. Because of injustice, you cannot be silent. I mean you. Till we see justice flow like waters and righteousness like overflowing stream, we cannot be silent. Till we see our cities, the vision wall tear down, we cannot be content and be at peace. Because God is at work bringing nations and tribes together in our ministries, in the ministry of reconciliation. Till we see the power of love and compassion at work in our own heart to care for one another, despite race, tribe, ethnic group, nationality, we cannot be happy and be thankful. Till we see the kingdom of God at hand in every corner of our land, we cannot take rest in our faith journey. Brothers and sisters, Everywhere in this earth, we face the same problem, the same sin consequences. We are divided. This world, this is a world sickness everywhere. Back home, depending on your tribe or your ethnic group, there are things that can benefit you or stand against you, depending on your tribe. When in 2010, we went back home, I hired a secretary for our ministry. Some people from my tribe were upset because my secretary was from a different tribe. If you get pulled over by a police man, and you're from my tribe, you can negotiate easily your way out because the police and the army is ruled and controlled by one tribe, my tribe. I'm not surprised about the police structure and color in the United States. If you're a policeman in this room, I respect you because you have a difficult job. Church, we need to be praying for them every day. Visit the history of Rwanda and understand the tragedy between the tragedy of tribalism between Hutu and Tutis. Thousands and thousands of people died during the genocide in 1994. Visit India and see how it is hard to be accepted when you come from a low status. Ask any friend from South Africa to describe 
for you the consequences of apartheid regime. Talk with a refugee from Burma, from Nepal or Sudan. The same virus of division is destroying lives every day. And the sad news is how the church, I mean believers in Christ, I mean you and me, are trapped in this issue of race. Tribes, power, control, name it. My church back home is in the hand of one tribe. Even being a national church, it's in the hand of one tribe. We have 42 tribes, and one tribe is controlling the Presbyterian church in Togo. Tell me how the kingdom of God is going to move in this ungodly manner. We ought to be different because of the word Jesus gave us, the gospel. And we are not from this world. We are not from this world. Church, America is not home. United States of America is not home. We know the word. We know Jesus. And because of that, the world will stand against us. If the world loves you, and you are so comfortable with the world views, my friend, I will have serious questions to ask you. Serious questions to ask you. Why Jesus is talking about that from what we just read? He has a purpose. He has a vision. He has a mandate. As the Father sent him in this world, he is sending us with the same mandate. The truth about God, the truth about ourselves, the truth about sin, and our need for salvation. This is the mission. The truth shall set you free. And yet, in our churches, many people are not free. Go after them. Go and search for the lost. Go after them. Go after the oppressed. And the oppressor. Go after the poor and the rich. Go after black men in jail. Go after the drug addict. Go after the single mom. Go after Republican and re Democrat. Go for after refugees. Go after the sinners with the word of God. Not your word, but with his word. I'm not asking you, Macklin, to do it. <laughs> Your father is sending you. He's sending us. So what? What's the next step? From the text, I got two points. Let me read this again very quickly. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one, us. You, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. Two quick points. We are all one body. Black, white, African, European, Asian, rich, poor. In Christ, we are one. 
Jesus prayed for it. He prayed. Think about it. Before God, there's no African church, no American church, no black church, no Asian church, no Presbyterian, no Lutheran, no Assembly of God, no independent church. He prayed for one body. He came for one church. How far are we in line with this word of Jesus? I'm not suggesting that we should all be in one room to be the body of Christ. We can be in one room and not be together. Husband and wife can be under the same roof and be far away from one another. Right? We can be in this room, New City, and not be one. That would be the tragedy. Right here, the mission in this neighborhood, if we want to do it, we got to do it as one body. There's one vision. We stand with the vision. We want to move to the next building. We got to do it together. Don't let my friend, Pastor John, run alone with this vision. We are Presbyterian. Your voice count. We are Presbyterian. What you say is important. Hey, I can disagree, but listen. How can we do it better? And the Spirit of God will lead us. We are called to be bound in love with one another. How open are we with other people? How open are you with black, white? How quick are we in our prejudice toward one another? King saw the brokenness of our society and dreamed about his kids. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation. I will say in the church, live in the church where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. How welcome are they who looks different? Somebody who has a different vision, who thinks different, how welcome is he? How welcome are people with limitations in our lives? To allow somebody to be in your life is huge and complex. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. There's a reason. The world may believe. The world may believe when they see that. They will believe that Jesus is sent by his Father. Here's the mission. Evangelism. They will see your oneness. Your, they will see the cultivation. They will see how you are bound as one body. Are we surprised why unbelievers are no more attracted by the gospel? Are we surprised? It is right here in the text. They struggle to understand what is going on among Christians. If we worship the same God, same Jesus, 
the same spirit, something must be wrong somewhere. If we worship the same God, unbelievers are questioning. Why they do that? Why they, 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 they fight? Why they are so divided? Well, Martin Luther King, in his last speech, said something that Aha cannot forget. Well, we don't know what will happen now. We have got some difficulties day ahead. But it doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like any man, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he allowed me to go up to the mountain and have looked over and have seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you tonight, I want you today, As people, we will get to the promised land, to the new city. We will get there. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I don't know about you. But for me, the coming of the Lord cannot be seen outside of the beauty of the church, the oneness, the love, the compassion. It cannot be seen outside of it. He's coming back to take the church that he loves and died for, prayed for. He prayed, and Jesus said something. Anything I ask, God, you answer. He prayed for unity. Think about it. God will answer. He's answering. Where are you? In line of this truth, he's coming back for his bride. Have you ever seen a bride on his day dirty? Have you ever seen that? The bride. That day to be dirty? Jesus is coming. He's taking off all the dirt sport and goldiness, evil, injustice, racism, tribalism in the church. Are you willing to be part of the preparation of this future historical event? Do not wait for tomorrow. Do not. It is now. In your heart, let us make room in our heart for Jesus' friends from all over the world here in the neighborhood. Let us open our heart because Jesus prayed for it. God will also always answer Jesus' prayers. Do you want to pray like Jesus? Are you willing to pray like Jesus? There will be one. Jesus, help us. Amen.
you know, we, we don't emphasize racial reconciliation. We don't emphasize unity because we think it's our idea. We emphasize it because it's Jesus's idea. This wasn't something that came from Dr. King just as he looked around the country and saw the division between black and white. This is something that Jesus prayed for to happen for us in his church. Dr. King often wrote, uh, uh, he used the phrase, the beloved community. And when we use the phrase God's blended family, we mean something very similar, that in Christ, people from every tribe and tongue and nation and background and socioeconomic bracket are all of a sudden now together in one family because they've been brought to God together through Jesus. And so as we even think about moving, um, I'm so excited about a new building and the new possibility, but I don't want us to lose the vision and the mission of this church. I don't want us to get comfortable and be like, man, we've made it. Uh, no, the church building that we're moving to is only so we can do more of this mission, more of cultivating God's mission and vision. So, Macklin, thank you, brother. As always, you've challenged me and you've challenged us, and we're, we're so thankful for you.